everybody. Um, so today we're going to talk about nutrition. Uh, and before I get onto our PowerPoints, um, I want to talk to you about a couple of different things that I've seen over the years in different articles. Um, I, I love scouring different journals, and not just medical journals, but uh, like foreign policy journals and economic journals and stuff uh, that show different trends of what's happening out there. So this is a great article uh, from the journal uh, called Foreign Policy called Make Them Eat Cake, How America is Exporting Its Obesity Epidemic. And what it talks about is that at this particular time, uh, Mexico has surpassed the United States in adult obesity levels. And the main reason that is, is because it says somewhere in here, um, it's because of a per capita consumption of high fructose corn syrup beverages. So soda consumption is one of the biggest contributors to obesity around the world, um, especially in a country like Mexico. Um, so as an example, another article is, um, here's the relationship of uh, soft drink consumption to obesity. And you can see here, overweight percentage of different countries and the amount of soft drink consumption. So the more soft drink consumption that a country drinks, the higher the obesity level. Because the assumption is that they're not just drinking soft drinks, right? They're probably eating a lot of other stuff that is producing um, a lot of potential for obesity as well. And I think this is amazing because like if you go back to the foreign policy um, article here, uh, we are exporting our epidemic, right? So, so we were the number one country of obesity for many, many years. And then Mexico overtook us uh, a couple of years ago uh, because of our exporting all this. And then, uh, I didn't realize this, but apparently uh, the U.S. is no longer the most obese nation. Uh, now the most obese nation is China. China is now the most obese, obese nation in the world. So we're number two, Mexico's number three, so we're still distinctly up there, so not to feel bad. Uh, one in eight of the world's adults were classified as obese in 2014, which is really incredible uh, to think. And uh, here it says oh, global obesity has reached a crisis point, uh, which it really hasn't. Right over here it says China has seen the country move from 60th place to second for obesity in men and women in 2014, and total obesity is no, they're now number one. So that's amazing that in you know, just 30 years or so, they went from like way down at the bottom of the list to way up at the top of the list, and it's because we've Americanized them, right? Uh, and this is just what we do. You know, uh, when, when I was speaking in Barcelona, um, you know, I was saying I really love how this country thinks because uh, your lunch break is like two hours long, and you don't go to work until like 10 in the morning, and then you work till like maybe 7 o'clock, but then you eat like 8.30, like two, three-hour dinners, you go to sleep late, and everything is all about relaxation. And they said, yes, you know, it really, we, we do have a very different lifestyle, but you Americans are changing our country, right? Because more and more Americans are coming in to our country or you know, kind of changing what they're doing so that there's less emphasis on what used to be, right? So we're kind of Americanizing the globe. So we're, we're taking over Spain, and we're taking over China and Mexico, and, and there's a lot of great things that our country has to offer, but obesity is not really one of the top things uh, that we need to offer. Um, and look at this. This is a, a, a chart from the dietary guidelines uh, from the government. Uh, dietary healthy intakes, intakes compared to recommendations 
percent of U.S. population ages one and older who are below at or above each dietary goal limit. So you can see for the most part, the healthy things like vegetables, fruit, grains, I don't consider dairy healthy, but uh, protein foods uh, and oils, which should be higher, we're you know, mostly way at the wrong level, and sugars, fats, and sodium were way high. Right, go us, once again, uh, really doing well here. And then um, how the modern diet has gotten bigger and heavier on grains and fat. So even though they have told us that we should be on paleo diets and we should be on uh, you know, all these other kind of diets that are restricting all our uh, wheat intake and stuff, the grain brain diet and all that kind of stuff, um, we're still way, way, way over consuming you know, grains. Uh, and even though the whole fat-free thing, which came out back when I was a kid, when I was like your age, um, uh, that's when the fat-free craze you know, came out, but they still, uh, we're still eating fats at just this tremendous you know, kind of level. So it's amazing how we just can't get our country to eat fruits and vegetables, because here's the vegetables, here's the fruits. We just can't get them to do that, and, but we can certainly eat our grains and our, our fats. Um, you know, and when you go into like, what's a, it's very interesting, you go into most malls, like we were just in Chicago, uh, and I was speaking autism one, and we went to some mall right next to the hotel, and you know, what's there? And what's in the airport? Fried, 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 you know, grains, 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 fat, 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 it's everywhere, it's pervasive. So it's really no wonder why we're creating such uh, a society where sickness um, and issues with our stomachs can be so pervasive, right? Because we're feeding our population the wrong way and our parents, our new parents are feeding their kids the way that they've only known and there's no education going on, right? Except for on TV, you occasionally see a commercial they eating better. But I mean, how many diets are there? I tried to find, how many actual diets are there? Do you, does anybody, does anybody actually know the number? Many, yeah. I would guess, I don't know what the number is, but I would guess there's probably 500 different diets out there with different names. The Mediterranean diet, the Paleo diet, the Vertican diet, the Atkins diet, and this diet, and that diet. Everybody's got a diet you know, named after something. But you know what the, the thing that my wife and I have discovered over the course of our years uh, in practice is that diets don't necessarily work forever, right? You, you eat one way for a certain amount of time, and then the, honestly, that way will stop working. And you guys are all young, so you guys can eat whatever diet you want to do, paleo, you want to do Mediterranean, whatever it is. You can eat a certain way, but what's going to happen is two, three, five years from now, that way will not work anymore. And you switch. So you don't just hang your hat on a diet and say, this is it, my rest of my life, I'll be eating paleo, right? You just, you eat what's, what's right for you guys. So my wife and I have gone through diets from when we first got married um, and we had our son and we had gained a little weight. So we went on some like uh, high protein, low carb, and serious heavy duty workout diet in the late 90s. And then we switched to like vegan and macrobiotic and paleo and raw and we just been bouncing all over the place doing whatever we kind of feel like. And we last on some diets for longer than others, but the whole thing is that we don't, we're not saying this is our diet, right? And I really dislike when someone says, I'm on this diet and I, I cheat. I'm going to cheat today. This is not about cheating or not cheating. Nobody is grading you or watching you, right? This is, that, that's not how you need to approach this. Because if you're cheating, would you say that would be a good thing or a bad thing? Right? That's bad to cheat. So my suggestion is don't cheat. Like, no, nobody says if you're doing it one particular diet, you have to do it a certain way. 
for the rest of your life with no changes. Because even the writers of these books are not people who stick with that diet 100% of the time you know, either. And I think that's an important thing to understand is, is that as we go on in age, as you know, you're going to change what you eat, and that's an okay thing. It's an okay thing to say, now I'm eating this way, I feel good with this, I'm getting the results I want with this, but I will tell you, for, for many years, my wife and I were vegan, and when we were working out really hard, we started losing muscle. And even though we loved being vegan and we loved having no animal products, we started losing muscle mass. We could not keep up with the working out we were doing and the muscle loss that was happening. So we would work out harder and our muscles were not getting any stronger, we were getting weaker, if anything. So that's why we actually switched to adding eggs and fish and stuff like that back in our, in our diets because we needed that more lean you know, protein to help with that. So, and I remember, this was 20 somewhat years ago, agonizing over that, saying, I don't want to do this. Like, I felt guilty. Oh my God, I'm eating an egg. Like, how <laughs> bad is it? I was like, this isn't bad. Like, looking back, I'm saying, this isn't bad to eat an egg or to eat some fish, right? It's just my body, for it was great for X number of years. It was really well. We worked out hard and gained a lot of muscle, but then it stopped, and that's okay. And that's what I want you guys to think about this. When you guys are going to be, most of you, I would imagine, to some degree or another, are going to be giving dietary recommendations in your practices to some degree. Some of you do all out, some of you do a little bit, but understand that every diet doesn't work for everybody. Every kid needs a different sort of thing. Every mom needs a different sort of thing. We can't poo-poo what someone is doing if it's working for them, even though it might not be what we think that they should be doing. Sometimes they need to be doing that. You know, we've had some kids, as an example, who are losing, I could talk about this, like losing weight, and they're on Pedialyte and Pediasure, and I'm not going to discourage that. Because if you're losing weight and you're a little munchkin and you've got some kind of autoimmune disorder and that's the only thing that's keeping your weight, then all power to you. Maybe we can help modify things around that, but I'm not gonna say you're doing something wrong if it's something that they might need, right? And I want you to really understand that. So we, we have to stop being so judgmental in chiropractic and saying, you know, because I, I drive by chiropractic offices all the time and a lot of them are advertising this kind of diet and that kind of diet, and that's great. However, the whole point is that not every person will be able to work on that diet, and we need to have the flexibility. You know, I think that's so important for us to have the flexibility in our recommendations.